The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Financial Aid 101. How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams, Session 2. A Professional Development Seminar. Featuring Founder of Preparing for College 101, Renita Rich Bren. Paying for college is one of the biggest hurdles students face when preparing for college. In this seminar, high school students are given valuable information regarding how to search for scholarships, completing the FAFSA, the difference between scholarships and grants, and other pieces of vital information. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Financial Aid 101, How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams, Session 2, featuring Renita Rich Brin. good it's still morning it's still 11 o'clock so it's still good morning how are you wonderful wonderful so many um faces on this bright early morning but it's not too early it's 11 o'clock so i have a lot more of you today well actually this hour excuse me than i had at the first hour so i want to go ahead and introduce myself my name is renita rich Bren. i am originally from florida I've been in the Newport News area, which is about three hours away, two and a half, three hours away for the last 14 years. I um, started my own business uh, this July, and I started my business because my daughter was a 2017 graduate of Woodside High School. When she graduated from high school from Woodside, she was awarded $1.5 million in scholarships. Now, most of the time people say, wow, how did you do it? To be honest with you, we spent nine hours a week. That's how we did it. And we applied and we worked very, very hard. And the reason why we chose that route of applying for scholarships is because I knew I did not financially have the money to send her to school. I knew she wanted to go, but I knew I just really did not have it. So that's why we started applying. And so I tried to educate as many students and parents on ways that you can leave college debt free. That is your ultimate goal. So raise your hand if you want to own a home, your own home. Most people raise their hand. Raise your hand if you want to drive a nice car. I'm pushing up. Okay, I heard someone say the type of car. Absolutely. Repeat that. All right, so no one is saying a Nissan. That's what I drive. All right, so in order to have those things, a lot of times you have to be able to be able to afford it, right? Which means that you need money. But if you're strapped in debt because you pay for your undergrad tuition, it's kind of hard to achieve those things. So today we're going to talk about the financial aid process, and we're going to talk about how you can leave college debt-free by preparing. I'm not guaranteeing anybody millions of dollars, but what I will guarantee you is that I'll be able to give you the information and the steps that you need so that you can be in position to apply for scholarships. Is that a fair deal? All right. Would someone mind closing the door? I'm loud. So they already came in and turned down the mic. So I'm going to try not to scream in the mic, but I'm used to presenting without a mic so I, I apologize and also I'm an educator so when you teach students all day especially middle school what do y'all do or what do middle school students do anyone know 
talk a lot, right? So sometimes you have to get their attention and you have to have that voice that is going to command the room because they are constantly talking. All right, so what I would like for you to do, um, it's a lot of you in here uh, compared to my other group. My other group, I had two and then three more came in. But we're still going to be able to move around because I believe that people should be interactive and this is an uh, interactive process and not me lecturing and just talking to you. All right, but we're going to change it up a little bit. Instead of everyone being able to get up, I'm going to just select a couple of students. Is that fair? All right, so one person per row. So everybody, make sure you're on a row with somebody. All right, so if you're on a row with somebody, that's going to be your group, all right? And so what I would like for you to do is go ahead and determine who's going to be Who's going to be the recorder? That means that's going to be the person that's going to do the writing. All right, give me five. All that means I just need your attention and your hand. Thank you so much. So this is what we're going to do. These are the questions that I would like for you to answer. One person in your group is going to record the answer. Okay? So the first question I would like for you all to discuss in your group, what are some ways to pay for college? Right now, based on what you know, based on your current financial um, situation and you know what it is in your household, how do you believe that you're going to pay for college? Number two, what are some extracurricular activities that you may be involved in? It may be swimming. It may be a debate club. It may be drama. It may be student council. It may be even the band. Number three, what college or university at this time would you like to attend? And then the last one, what do you, is your intended major or minor? Now, because of the amount of students in here, again, there's one recorder, okay? So I'm gonna ask that one recorder after y'all discuss those four questions to be able to write that information on the board. Can y'all do that for me? Okay, I'm gonna set my timer for 60 seconds, which is equivalent to what? My mathematician, 60 seconds is equivalent to what? One minute, so in one minute, we should be able to answer all four of those questions, and then I'm going to allow you to come up. Is that fair? All right. Thank you so very much for your involvement and enthusiasm. All right, so we're going to go ahead and share out. So one of the things that I like for um, students to do is to always be respectful. So that means when someone is talking, we're listening. So at this time, I'm going to pass the mic. One person from each row, just like you were able to go up, is going to read off your whatever it is that you wrote. So if you wrote something for ways to pay for college, you will write off, read off that information. Can we do that? All right. So one way to pay for college would be through the military. Okay. All right, so she said one way is through the military. Okay, how about colleges and universities? Uh, my name is Jason Cordova. And uh, University of Maryland. Okay. All right. Intended major or minor? Do I have a volunteer that would like to share out? Intended major or minor? Uh, my name is Francis Rafael, and uh, my intended major would be electrical engineering and minor in business. Okay. And last one, extracurricular activities. Would someone like to share out? My name is Johnson Hovell. Um, one will be ROTC. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, did I 
miss if I missed your group, is there anyone who would like to share out who did not get to share out one of those four? This is your opportunity. Anybody who would like to share out? All right. My name is Sebastian. And in terms of ways to pay for college, you got, we decided that it would be best through either jobs, internships, scholarships, and grants. Um, my name is Danae, and we said one minor major, well, major minor will be for nursing. Okay. And that is a very common word. We're going to talk about nursing a little bit. Did y'all want to share out ways to pay for college, intended major, college, or university? My name is Norberto Ayala, and one way we can pay for college is through scholarships. Okay. All right. So, anybody else? Last time, I only heard one school, and I think that was the University of Maryland. Was that the only one? Somebody shout out one. Tell me one. Tell Florida State. Florida State. Howard. University of Virginia, UVA. Carlson. Okay. All right, Georgia Tech. All right, so I heard a lot of schools, so I was listening up to see wh where y'all were thinking. So here we are, ways to pay for college. So some of you said scholarships, some of you said grants, some of you said a job. Absolutely correct. In my last group, someone stood up and said loans. So today, when you lead this presentation, I want you to know what a loan is, but I don't want that to be your answer when someone asks you how you're going to pay for college. Because a loan is money that you have to pay back. Start using these words in your vocabulary when you hear how you're going to pay for college. Scholarships. That is free what? Grants. That's free what? You want to hear something that is free that you're not obligated to pay back. Now, when we say it's free, it may be free. I'm sorry. Make it a little loud here. It may be free in the sense of you're not actually having to pay back. But just know that what you're on a scholarship, you're paying for it some kind of way. So my daughter that I told you about that uh, had the $1.5 in scholarships, she's a junior at Tuskegee University. Now, they pay for everything, which is great. However, in order for her to keep that scholarship, she has to maintain a 3.5 GPA. So even though they're giving her the money, she still has to maintain the GPA. And when the GPA drops, guess what happens? Money is what? Money is gone. So just know that even with a scholarship, you still have certain obligations. Okay, for extracurricular activities, I heard someone say ROTC. Wonderful, great way to pay for school for those of you who choose the ROTC scholarship. Colleges and university, we talked about Howard, University of Maryland. And right now, um, Bayer. It's Black Engineer Year Award. So right now, Virginia Tech. How many of you are familiar with Virginia Tech? Okay. How many of you have ever heard of that Black College Institute? Oh, wow. Okay. So Virginia Tech offers what is called a Black College Institute. They take juniors, seniors, and sophomores, and you spend about three days on the campus of Virginia Tech for free. And it's like you get to experience Virginia Tech without committing to Virginia Tech. And it's all free. The purpose of that is because in 2020, this year, Virginia Tech needed to increase their diversity enrollment by 40%. So as I told my students last year, even if you're not the smartest or the brightest, this is the time to apply. 
because they have to increase their enrollment by 40%. So Virginia Tech is an option for those of you who are thinking about schools, yes. I had a question. Do you have to be black or could you also be Hispanic? So I said a diversity. So no, 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 that was a good question. No, diversity, right? So that will be someone who's what? Diverse. Now it is called the Black College Institute, it is, but they're trying to increase their diversity enrollment. So that will qualify, okay? Um, intended major, someone said nursing. That is a buzzword right now. A lot of people are choosing uh, nursing. And the nursing schools are very competitive, but I believe anyone who sets their mind to it can achieve it. So we're gonna talk about the financial aid process. I like to open up that way just to see exactly what it is that you know and to make it interactive so that I'm not just talking to you. I will be honest with you, I am gonna skip some of the slides so that we can get to your questions. And I know everyone is sitting on the edge of the seat of scholarships. All right, so here we are. So the financial aid process. So the financial aid process or FAFSA simply stands for free application for federal student aid. Whether you get a scholarship, whether you get a loan, whether you get a grant, you are required to complete a FAFSA report. Okay, CSS profile is a lot like your FAFSA report. That's also generated at certain institutions, not all of them, also generated to determine what is your need. When you are applying for FAFSA, they need to know what is it that you need. They're not just gonna give you money if you don't what? Need it, because there's someone else who has a need. Okay, so make sure you file your FAFSA. The federal government awards roughly 150 billion to college students through need-based grants. Grants are what? Free money, grants are what? Thank you. Loans, that means we have to pay it. All right. And work study funds, okay? So there are certain things that you must have in order to file your FAFSA. Of course, you will need your uh, tax returns and that information, you will get that from your parents. If you are unsure on the process and how to file, I strongly urge that you speak with your school counselor. Okay, that individual will be able to help you. And a lot of times, your senior year, they actually have what is called Super FAFSA Night. How many of you have ever heard of Super FAFSA Night? All right. So when you go back to school, please check with your school counselors and see when do they hold their Super FAFSA Nights. Okay? And they usually hold it after school and they help parents apply and fill out their FAFSA and answer any questions. And it is all free. So an important date to remember, do I have any seniors in here? All right, so hopefully my seniors have already done this. If you have not, it's not too late, but I'm hoping and praying that you have. For those of you who are juniors, this date is for you. In October, you need to be prepared so that you can file for your FAFSA. That is the first day that it opens. Why should you uh, file early? Because the early bird gets to what? the worms. So if you notice, we said that federal aid was on a need what? Need base. So if everybody's filling it out and everybody needs money and I wait until August to fill out my FAFSA and I'm going to school in August, 
the likelihood of me getting grants and scholarships are going to be very slim. So what will be left or what will be available is going to be what? Mm -hmm. What's going to be left? Say it. Loans. Money that I have to pay back. Now, there may be certain uh, circumstances where you have to take out a loan, but again, the goal is to leave college debt what? Free. So as much or as many opportunities for free money, that's what you need to be seeking and looking for, okay? So don't wait till the last minute, October the 1st, okay? That's a very important date to remember. So there are several websites, but make sure you log on to the correct one. So I wanted to make sure you were able to see that. Federal student aid. So completing the FAFSA is the first step in securing federal aid for college, career school, or graduate school. That's the first step. Some people say, oh, I've been accepted. I'm going to and make up a school. Howard University. Well, how are you going to pay for it? Um, okay, so somebody said loans. So even with that, where are you going to get your loans? You still have to have a FAFSA on file. And if you don't, then you cannot get the what? Loan. Unless you go to the bank and your parents do it, which means you're going to have a higher what? Interest higher interest rate okay so that is very important even if you are on scholarship you still must complete your FAFSA my daughter's on a full ride I still have to complete my what my FAFSA and a lot of times with your scholarships make sure that you read the fine print because even though she's on a full ride if you notice it said in addition to grants and aid so let's say she qualified for a Pell Grant. Even though she was on a full-ride scholarship, they can also still, too, use that Pell Grant to pay for her school if she qualified. So make sure you read the fine print, okay? College Board, that's the CSS. Um, some of your schools are going to require that. Not all of them, but some of them do. Pretty much just like your FAFSA. Some of them make you fill out both. Again, October the 1st. Just again, trying to figure out where you stand as far as what you need uh, for um, money to be able to go to school. So, this is what everyone is looking for. Thousands of scholarships. They exist. However, I will strongly urge that you never pay money to apply for an outside scholarship. If somebody's asking for your credit card information, if somebody's saying, I can guarantee you X, Y, and Z, if you give me X, Y, and Z, it's nine times out of ten. It's a scam. Never give them your money. Okay? Scholarships are usually public information. Now, you do have to search. So, if you're not searching, it's not going to say, oh, I'm a scholarship. Apply for me. You are going to have to search and find scholarships that meet your criteria and make sure that you are prepared so that you can apply for them, okay? Some colleges automatically consider all applicants for scholarships. I want to go over that real quick. If you are an incoming freshman and you are applying to Hampton University and you turn in your application, when Hampton University reviews your application, at that time, they will re also review to see if you are eligible for any scholarships. There is not a separate application that you need to fill out when you are an incoming freshman. So that means you're going to college for the first time. Okay? Not a separate application for that. Those are with institutional scholarships. 
Other scholarships from colleges, universities, and private sources require special applications and additional work and motivation to make it happen. Keyword, motivation. Many students give up or lose out on money because they do not want to write an essay. And they're only asking for 250 words, so that's one page. And it's usually a general essay. Why do you want to go to college? What are your plans? It's simple. But people will allow or will lose the opportunity, excuse me, to apply for the scholarship because of an essay. Don't be that individual. Get the money. And even if the scholarship is only for $1,000, that's $1,000 more than what you had. So I want to stop right there, put a comma, and, and give you a personal experience. So when Zora received her full ride, it paid for everything. However, the book scholarship was 400 for the fall, 400 for the spring. I've been out of school for a while, so I thought that was enough. Well, she's a chemistry major, so one chemistry book was about $300. She only received how much for that semester? 400 so did she have enough to purchase the other books? Absolutely not, if one is already $300. But because she applied for outside scholarships through different Greek organizations such as sororities, fraternities, credit unions, churches, community service organizations, usually that money will come directly to you. But you need to make sure you're clear on that when you begin applying for those scholarships. So when that money comes directly to you, that means you can use it to A, purchase a microwave, B, purchase shoes, C, purchase shampoo. That's your money, what you need. So even though the book scholarship was only 800 in total for the year, she was able to use that additional money to help offset the cost. So when people talk about the cost of college, we have what's called a net price and the total price. What most people look at is just tuition. You're listening to Financial Aid 101, How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams, Session 2, a professional development seminar featuring Renita Rich Bryn. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bay of STEM, Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So for the young lady who said nursing, raise your hand. Okay. Do you know what school you're looking at? Okay. Do you know how much it costs to attend Clark for one year? Hmm? No. Okay. Um, someone said uh, electrical engineering. What school? MIT. Do you know how much it costs to attend MIT for a year? Seventy-four thousand. Okay. I, I don't know. Tuition only seventy-four thousand. Okay. Someone said Howard. Do you know how much it costs to attend for one year? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. It's about forty-seven thousand. So when we start thinking about colleges, 
When we start thinking about colleges, it's very important that you think about the cost of attendance and how are you going to pay for it. So that's why I ask, what are your ways at this time? How are you going to pay for college? Because if you're only relying on a loan, something that you have to pay back, something that's going to get you in debt, that may not be the best way. And depending on your classification, you only qualify for a certain amount. So we said numbers such as 47,000, 74,000. I know Norfolk State is 20,000. Hampton University is 45,000. And so they only award me $5,000 in scholarship. How much more money do I need? I'm going to repeat that. The institution for one year costs $45,000. I've been awarded $5,000 in loans. How much money do I need? I need about another $40,000. So how am I going to find it? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. So when you start thinking about your schools and choosing your schools, number one, look and make sure that that school offers your major. Because we hear it all the time. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. But they may not even have that program at your school. You spent four years doing what? <laughs> and, now, and now you're in what? You're in debt, right? Unless you have a full-ride scholarship. So I'm going to give you another story. Zora wanted to be a pharmacist. Pharmacy, pharmacy, pharmacy. She did the pharmacy technician program in high school. Florida A&M, Florida A&M, Florida A&M. Went to Florida A&M, has a Florida A&M student ID. Went, spent a week on campus. I went to check to make sure all the money was there that they said they were giving her and money was missing. Received a phone call from FAMU Alumni Association um, and um, Academic Affairs President. All of a sudden, the money miraculously appeared, but we still were short. She looked at me. I looked at her. I said, what would you like to do? She said, I don't know. I said, well, Tuskegee had offered you a scholarship back in October. I said, I secured that scholarship. And when I mean secure it, a lot of times when you get scholarship opportunities, they're going to ask you to secure it by paying a deposit. And the reason why they ask you to pay the deposit is because you're holding up a scholarship in a space from someone else. So to know that you're really going to that school and we're saying we're getting ready to give you about $60,000, we want to make sure. So we're going to ask you to only pay $500 to secure your spot. It's non-refundable. What she didn't realize is that I had already paid the $500. So she chose Tuskegee. While at Tuskegee, Tuskegee does not offer pharmacy but they do offer chemistry. So she's majoring in chemistry, spent the last two summers at Howard University and the College of Pharmacy Workforce Pipeline as an intern. Realized I no longer want to be a pharmacist. I said, well, I'm glad I didn't waste my money. Because if she had gone straight to FAMU, you're on a separate track, which meant that you would have spent a great deal of time studying pharmacy. But when you study chemistry and you study biology, it gives you options to go different places. So I'm saying all that to say don't limit yourself and look at the schools, even if they do not have your major, see what else can I take to still get to my ultimate career goal. Because the goal is that you leave debt what? 
free. So she'll leave Tuskegee with a degree in chemistry, and now she wants to be a nephrologist. So she is applying to medical school. However, we haven't lost it what? We haven't lost any, any money. But if we had taken the other track, or if we had gone to a school that does not offer her major, and we're in our senior year, we realize, oh, they don't have my major. I hear all the time for students at HU, you spent three years on campus, and you didn't know they didn't have your major. So you're going to have homework when you leave the session. And the homework that I give my students is that whatever school that you told me that you wanted to attend, and whatever major you said you wanted to major in, I want you to make sure that that school has your major. And I want you to also make sure that it's cost effective for you to be able to attend that institution. If it's not, it may not be the best option for you. There's more, there's more than one way to be successful. But make sure you do it thinking and taking advantage of every opportunity. Okay? Are there any questions about scholarships, when to apply? Three things I want you to write down. Every scholarship application is going to require this. Number one, unofficial transcript. Who can tell me what's the unofficial transcript? Okay, your current transcript, but what makes it official? It's already done. I heard that. What makes it official? Transmitted by your school. It's transmitted by your school. Anything else? Absolutely correct. So, some scholarships are going to be paper. Some people still take paper, believe it or not. What makes a, a, a transcript official is that it has the seal on it. There you go. And it is inside of an envelope and it's sealed. That's what makes it official. Because of technology, you may not have to obtain paper copies, but in some cases you will. They will usually ask for the email address of your school counselor. So for those of you who are in high school, if you do not know who your school counselor is, that is your assignment on Tuesday. Your school counselor needs to be your best friend. And you need to know your school counselor's email address. Why? Because every time you apply to a college, they're going to ask for that information. And if that school counselor doesn't know you by name and by face, they may not be so willing to do the things that are being asked of them. So official transcript, letters of recommendation. Have those on standby. Usually they're gonna ask a letter of recommendation from a math teacher, from a science teacher, and usually either a school counselor or a principal. All scholarships. And the reason why they want a letter of recommendation, who can tell me why? Why would you think a scholarship is asking for a letter of rec recommendation or requesting a letter of recommendation? To see if you're worthy. Okay, to see if you're worthy, so you're meaning what? What do you mean by that? If you have the grades for it, if um, you behave. They want to make sure you're going to graduate from their institution. Okay. Anybody else? Why would they ask for a letter of recommendation? They want to get you to know better from like someone else who knows who you are. Absolutely correct. So on paper, you may have a 4.5 GPA. You may have a 1400 on your SAT. And that is all great. You are smart. Great. But you know what? 
it is so many people with a 4.5 GPA and a 1,400 SAT score. People pay thousands of dollars to have their kids tutored on the SAT and the ACT. It's not a secret. The test is the same. They just keep taking it over and over and over and over and over again until they get that magic number. But what makes you different is your character. When they look at an application, they look at someone who may have a 3.2 or 3.0. That's an honor roll student. That's a B student. But that student is well-rounded. They may be the captain of the football team, the track team, the chilling squad. They are involved in community service where they are impacting their community. And when we say community service, it doesn't mean, oh, on Tuesday, I'm going to go and pick up trash with the recycling um, club. On Wednesday, I'm going to run over here and I'm going to um, help out with the homeless shelter. They want consistent community service. And with your community service, what leadership roles do you partake in? Are you only a member? Are you only a participant? Or are you the president, the vice president, the secretary? So even though I don't have the 4.0 and I don't have the 1400 SAT score, I'm a well-rounded person because I'm involved and I impact in my community. That weighs more than just a GPA and an SAT. People don't tell you that because we put a lot of emphasis on academics and academics are important. But it is not the only determining factor that will determine whether you will be a college graduate or not. So for those of you who are seniors, for those of you who are juniors, don't allow the ACT or the SAT stop you from applying to the school of your choice. Everybody hear that? Don't let it stop you. And even if you have to attend a community college first, there is nothing wrong with that. Two years at a community college and then two years at a university to get you to where you need to be. So I had to do a scenario on a student. This student was a BC student, test scores not so well, family didn't necessarily have the means or the money to pay for the education. What is your recommendation? The recommendation that I gave was that the student go to a junior, a community college for two years. That will give you an opportunity to build up your GPA. And instead of being in a classroom with 400 people, because everybody takes biology. Everybody takes college algebra. So I'd rather take that class in a room full of 25 students versus three, 400 students. When someone knows my name and that I'm not signing up electronically to meet that professor for a lab hour, when I can go over here to the community college and they have a lab. So an A in college algebra at the University of Virginia is an A at Thomas Nelson Community College. Am I correct? They only look at the transcripts. So I'm saying that to say, don't get discouraged if you don't get in the school of your choice the first time. And even if you have to take the college, junior college or the community college route, there's nothing wrong with it. The goal is to leave debt free. 
So we said official transcript, we said letters of recommendation, and an academic resume. What's an academic resume? A high school career. Okay, so it's a list of things that you have participated in throughout high school. That is important. That goes back to being well-rounded. And so when you ask your math teacher to write a letter of recommendation, give them your academic resume so they can see everything that you're involved in. So when they write that letter for you, that letter will sell exactly who you are. Okay? So we have nine minutes remaining. I don't want to continue to talk, so I do want to open the floor up to anyone who may have a question, comment, or concern in regards to scholarships, how to pay for college, and things of that nature. What's the best way to search for them? So when you're doing national scholarships, the best way to search for them, you can obviously do Google, right? What I strongly recommend is that you speak with the school counselor. And I say speak with the school counselor because the school counselor receives all the scholarship information for that year. They go directly to the school counselor. It's that school counselor's job to disperse that information to the students. A lot of times that does not happen. And I hear someone say, mm-hmm. And so if you know that's not happening, you have to be proactive. And by being proactive, that means that you have to go to the school counselor and say, I'm asking or I'm requesting the list of scholarships that are due in November, that are due in February. What I do want to tell you, do not wait till the last minute. Most of your academic scholarships are gone by November 1st. I'm going to repeat that. Most of your academic scholarships through institutions are gone by November 1st. So for those individuals who do not take the ACT or the SAT until March, you can't even apply of your senior year. So if I'm a senior, I want to clarify that. If I'm a senior, by November of my senior year, Whatever schools that I'm trying to apply to, nine times out of ten, my larger universities, they've already sent that scholarship information because those individuals have already, what, applied. But if I'm waiting on my ACT or my SAT and it's March and it's my senior year, that's going to limit my chances of being able to get the scholarship. But what happens is that in November when they send those scholarships out, all those individuals who decline that scholarship, that money goes back into the pot. And then usually around March, they'll resend another list of scholarships to those individuals. Because those individuals say, I don't want the money, so it goes back in the pot. So you have people who still have applied that may be eligible, and they'll resend that out. But the key is, if you are a junior, make sure... You have taken your ACT no later than June. You still have time. And even if it's not the score that you want, that gives you an opportunity to remediate and to review because by October, you should kind of know exactly what you're going to do and what move you're going to make. And your scores should be in a place where you know where you're going. And if they're not, I repeat, if they're not, don't give up. But what I don't want you to do 
is say, because I didn't get a 27, I'm not going to apply. Because I didn't get a 24, I'm not going to apply. Because I didn't get a 22, I'm not going to apply. Apply anyway. And always remember, there is nothing wrong with starting at the community college. I started at the community college one year. And then I went on to school. My brother actually started at a community college two years and then went on to school. My older sister, who graduated from the University of Florida, never attended a community college. However, she failed chemistry while at the University of Florida. It was over 300 people in the room. So she took the class at Santa Fe Community College and made an A. And there were only 25 people in the room. When you graduate and when you apply for a job, because that's your ultimate goal, they're not going to ask, did you start at Thomas Nelson or Santa Fe Community College? Or are they going to say, do you (laughs) repeat that? Thank you. Where did you graduate from? Okay. It's okay. Excuse me? Michigan State University. Okay. So you also did do community college. But the two people in here who have, and I'm employed. Are you employed, sir? He's employed. So, <laughs> right. So whether you, whether you do the community college or whether you go straight to a university, it is okay. Are there any questions about college? Are there any questions about financial aid? Are there any questions about scholarships? Who's going to be your best friend on Tuesday? Your school what? Thank you. You're asking your school counselor for scholarship information. Any questions? Okay, hold on one second. He has a question. It's good to apply for national or state? Both. But I'm going to say this. Your probability or the chances or the likelihood is very slim when you're um, competing nationally. How many of you have ever heard of, like, Ron Brown? No? Okay. So Ron Brown, right? That's a scholars program, but they only give it to, I want to say between nine and 15 students, but they take over 500 applications. So it makes it very slim. However, if I apply to this scholarship and I'm just gonna say, I live in Newport News, Virginia, and this scholarship is for high school seniors that are graduating from Newport News, I'm gonna have a better chance of getting that scholarship because I'm only competing with those individuals that are in Newport News and not everyone. I recommend if you want a national scholarship, apply for it, never stop, apply for it. But just know that if you don't get it, it's okay. But also apply for state scholarships too and local scholarships and scholarships through your credit union, scholarships through your church. $1,000, $1,500, $500, you start adding that up. So, you're, so who's going to be your best friend on Tuesday? Thank you. She has a list of them. She has a list. And they let you know the deadline, what scholarships are due in January, what scholarships are due in February. And usually this is the trick. Whenever I started with my daughter, it was in the summer. They had not listed their scholarship bulletin. Not a problem. I went in on the website. I downloaded the PDF of the scholarship bulletin from the year before, looked at the scholarships, 
The only thing that's different is the date. So instead of it being due, let's say, February of 2020, it's going to be due February of 2021. And they tell you what's the criteria. They tell you what they're looking for. So you can get a head start. Are you a junior or a senior? So you are a junior. So when you go back to school, get the scholarship bulletin, get the information from your school counselor, and start writing down scholarships that you feel fit you or that you can benefit from. So when June, July comes and rolls around, you can go ahead and start working on it. Students that use the summer to work on their essays are usually the students who get the money. I did a program this summer. We had about eight seniors. <laughs> In the fall, we had about 40. Now, where were the other 32 seniors during the summer? Having fun. Some of them were working, and I understand we have to work, but I'm gonna say this. If you make the sacrifice now, it'll pay off later. Don't get caught up on the $8 and the $9 an hour when you can get $10,000 in scholarships if you sit down and apply yourself and do your essays and make sure your GPA is where it needs to be. Do we have any athletes in the room? Okay, so is everyone aware of NCAA requirements? If you are not, I need you to speak with your athletic director at your school. Make sure you know what the NCAA requirements are. Don't play basketball for four years and be the star of the team and don't go anywhere. Don't play football and be the star of the team and don't go anywhere. Because every time they sell a ticket to that game and those individuals are coming to look at the star, you've made that school generate more money. You paid for the new floor in the gym. You paid for the new turf on the football field. No one ever really thinks about it like that, but think about it. Make sure you know so that you are in position to play D1, D2, or D3. And even if you have to start off at D3, get your grades up, and then you can transfer, hopefully, to a D2 or D1. Remember, they're not going to say what's the name of the school you graduated from. They're going to ask, did you what? Did you graduate? So make sure you're working for you. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to Financial Aid 101, How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams. Session 2, a professional development seminar featuring founder of Preparing for College 101, Renita Rich Brand. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.baya.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.